How are you doing today? Doing okay? Good. Hey, does anybody know what all of us are called to do as Christians? Huh? Yeah, but that's just for the pastor. That's just, that's my job. Huh? That's just the preacher's job. Huh? Do you believe that? Whose job is it to win souls? Everybody. 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 We're all supposed to be soul winners. That's what we're all called to do. Um, I want to talk to you today about the greatest soul winner of all time. Does anybody know who that is? Paul? Well, other than the Lord Jesus, because he stands in a class by himself. Who is the greatest soul winner of all time, do you think? And you, there's a lot of people up there. You know? Does nobody know? Billy Graham? Yeah, he'd be up there. Reinhard Bonnke, he'd be up there. Who else do you think? Huh? That's no trick. No trick. Who do you think? You know, uh, I'll talk about this at the end here in just a moment, but uh, who do you think was a greater soul winner? Um, Peter, the Apostle Peter. And does anybody know Peter's brother? What was his name? James? We're going to have to send you all back to Sunday school. Who was Peter's brother? Andrew? Andrew, right? Right? And uh, how many souls did Andrew win? Do you know? Does anybody know? Not recorded? Well, how many did Paul win? I'm, I'm sorry, Peter. How many did Peter win? Anybody know? Huh? Three. If you add them all up, about 8,000. Peter won 8,000. But who brought Peter to Jesus? Andrew. So Andrew... Andrew... Got one person saved that we know of, his brother, Peter. But Peter got 8,000. Did you ever think of that? See, we, 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 we oftentimes think that we have to be net fishermen. Does anybody know a net fisherman? Does a net fisherman catch one or does a net fisherman catch hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and thousands? Because thousands, right? A net fisherman will put their net out in the water and they'll bring in hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of fish, right? So you think Peter, and, and, and he got, what, 8,000 total, I guess it was. And Reinhard Bonnke, see, he's a net fisherman, right? And uh, uh, Billy Graham, a net fisherman, right? Okay. But, but, you know, most Christians probably aren't called to be net fishermen. Most of us... Are pole fishermen. Have you ever gone fishing with a pole? How many fish do you usually catch when you have a pole? You get them one at a time, right? See, if you say to most Christians, you've got to go out and win thousands of people, it freaks them out and they can't, they can't, I don't know if you're like me, you just can't think in those terms. But, you know, if you've got to go catch one or two, that's, that's an easier job, isn't it? And you never know that one that you, you bring to the Lord. Didn't the Lord say to his disciples, I'll make you fishers of men? 
And so you catch that one, and that one you catch might, you're a pole fisherman, you catch one, but then the one you catch might win, he might be a net fisherman and might win thousands. Is that right to the Lord? Do you ever think about that? How many ever thought about that? Well, if you haven't thought about that, you should start thinking about that. We all need to think about that. See, uh, 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 Andrew was, a, was, I guess, a pole fisherman in that he caught his brother Peter, but then Peter became a net fisherman. And uh, I think when, when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, I think the first thing that the Lord is going to ask us about is how many souls did we win for him? I think that's the first thing that he's probably going to talk to us about at the judgment seat of Christ. Because you see, that's the main thing the Lord is interested in. Is, is, is how many people are we bringing to him. And that's what's on his heart. That's the heartbeat of Jesus is soul winning. Souls, souls, souls. And uh, it's amazing how many of us get so caught up with our petty little things... And by the way, you're doing a great job with the worship. Anybody happy with how that worship? It just 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 moved up about 26 notches. It's just great. And we thank uh, the worship team doing a great job. But but the Lord, he, what's on His heart is real loud. Say souls, souls. And we get caught up with our this or that. I know if you're like me, you get caught up with this or thinking about that or this or that or the other. The main thing that the Lord's concerned with is what souls why is that because there is a heaven to gain and there is a hell to shun and god doesn't want anybody going to hell the greatest soul winner of all time is the apostle paul i've never seen anybody like him um i Billy Graham, as great as he is, Reinhard Bonnke, as great as he is, these people, they, they live to win souls. But I think the Apostle Paul, I would put him at the top of the list as a soul winner. Uh, so we're going to talk today for just a few minutes about the Apostle Paul, the portrait of a soul winner. You know, he started out as, does anybody know what his name was before he became Paul? Saul, Saul of Tarsus, he was a nasty individual, crude, blunt. Uh, if he was here, he would want to arrest all of us and take us to prison and have us killed. That's who he was. Uh, he, he said of himself he was a blasphemous individual. Yet he, was, he excelled in what he did. You know, have you ever noticed some people just excel in what they do? They're always, they're, they, they excel in what they do. They, they just, they, they put their whole heart in it. And his whole heart was in, uh, uh, first of all, he, he had gotten a great education. And, and he stood at the top of Judaism. And uh, he, put his, he put everything he had into his education. And then uh, he, he was in a great position of power. And his, his mission in life was to kill Christians. That's what he was all about, was having them arrested and having them killed. That's, that's what he did. And he got papers from the authorities and he went around arresting people like you and me and um, having us put in prison and put to death. That's what he lived for, was to stamp out Christianity. And, you know, uh, I, I, I do think this is, is, is 
a, a good way to live. Whatever you're going to do, put your whole heart into it. Is that right? Now, we shouldn't go about killing people. Is that right? But, but he did. Saul of Tarsus, that's what he did. He went around looking for people like you and me to kill them. He put his whole heart into it. He did it, he did it with everything he had. But, you know, he had a miraculous conversion. And the Lord Jesus appeared to him on the road to Damascus. And he got saved. And uh, uh, it's interesting what he did immediately after he got saved. Immediately after he got saved. You know, a lot of people think that when they get saved, that they've got to, you know, go to school and learn some stuff before they can start sharing Jesus with others. And I'm all for school. I'm all for education. And, and, And the Apostle Paul, he was Saul. He became Paul. Now, it took him years, years before he became an apostle. It took him years before God started using him to write the Nearly two-thirds of the New Testament. But it's interesting, and a lot of people don't realize this, that the, the first thing he did after he, he got saved, he immediately began to do something, and he never stopped doing it for the rest of his life. And he immediately became a soul winner. Immediately. And, and just in a, in a blink of an eye, he went from killing Christians to making people Christians. And just the same vigor that he put into killing Christians, he put that same vigor into making uh, Christians out of sinners. It's interesting. Let's read Acts 9 and 20 in the NIV. Acts 9 and 20 in the NIV. It will be on the screen if you don't have it. I like the way it says it here. It talks about him. Paul, the portrait of a soul winner, right after he got saved, he said, the Bible says here, at once or immediately, I think the New King James says immediately, this is right after he got saved, just not many days after, notice what he began to do, he, he didn't start writing the Bible, <laughs> he, he, he needed some time and some training for that, but at once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God, isn't that interesting? That's what he became. He, he became a soul winner immediately. Immediately. And this is what this man lived for. He lived for winning souls to the Lord. It was his passion. It's why he got up in the morning. It's, it's why he did what he did. It was, it, was, it was the most important thing to him. And really it should be to us too. Is that right? Winning souls? I think that, that most Christians could use a uh, refiring in this area. Um, whenever you see a church dying, one, there's one telltale sign. Is all you have to do is look among the people and you'll see that a passion for winning souls has gone away. Now, if you go to Acts, the 16th chapter, and that's one reason we pass these tracks out every week. How many of you are passing your tracks out? Are you doing it? Are you doing it? And if you haven't been, get to it now. All right? And remember, I, you don't always have to give them to somebody. You can lay them in strategic places, right? Okay. Give them to people. But notice in, in Acts 16, now Paul, 
he, he was in a lot of places. And it's interesting with him, didn't matter where he went. Didn't make any difference where he went. He was interested in winning souls. No matter where you put him, he was, he was going to win souls. If you took him to Bush Stadium to watch a baseball game, guess what he would have been doing when the peanut vendor came by? Try to get that, get that peanut vendor saved. If, if, you'd, if, you'd, if you'd have taken him, it wouldn't matter to Six Flags. Guess what he's going to be doing at Six Flags while it, between rides? He's going to be looking for people to, to win to the Lord. If you took him to lunch after service, guess what he's going to be doing with the waiter and the waitresses that come by? He's going to be telling them about Jesus. This is what he did. And he's an example to all of us. Notice in prison, Acts 16, verse 22. This is when he was in the prison at Philippi. Then the, then, the multitude, then the multitude rose up together against them. And the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. Now this was Paul and Silas. He had just cast a demon out of a fortune teller. Paul did in the name of the Lord Jesus. And it upset people. Because uh, uh, now that they're, you know, this fortune teller made them money, and, they, and now the demon's gone out of her, and, he, and she can't tell fortunes anymore. And they got mad at Paul and Silas, and they rose up together against them. Magistrates tore off their clothes, commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, it means they whipped them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. And But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And, and again, of all the verses in the Bible, that's one of the ones that stand out the most to me. Notice at midnight, after having done something good and, and getting somebody free of the devil, uh, and now I'm in jail, I don't know, I, I might have been crabbing and complaining. How about you? Oh, Lord, I cast that demon out in your name and that girl got free and now I'm in jail and it's midnight and they beat me and here I am. I want to I call my attorney. I have a right to call my attorney. I have one phone call. <laughs> what were they doing? Singing hymns, praying and singing hymns to God. So you put Paul in jail, what's he going to be doing? Praising God and he's concerned about souls, right? And the prisoners were listening to them. Wow. It's all about soul winning. No matter where you're at, it's all about soul winning. Soul, 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 souls. And that's what Paul was interested in. He was interested, now that he's in prison, how can we get all these prisoners saved? No matter where you put them, he's going to win souls. And suddenly there was an earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loose. And the keeper of the prison, awakening from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul said with a loud voice, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Now that's interesting. Because what do prisoners do when there's an earthquake and their, and their chains are loosed? They're going to hit the road, aren't they? They're going to get out of there, right? Something happened to these prisoners. 
They were affected by what Paul, I'm convinced Paul, there was more going on here than just singing and praising God. I believe Paul was probably doing some preaching. What would a prisoner do if he got loosed? He'd run off. But a saved person, I believe that a lot of people got saved in that prison. They didn't run off, did they? Hmm? He said, do do yourself no harm. We are all here. Then he called for a light, ran in, fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. This is the keeper of the prison now, the head jailer. Falls down trembling. And he brought them out and said, what did he say, sirs? What must I do to be saved? Now, when does a prison, the head of the prison, call a prisoner, sir? Something is happening to this guy, isn't it? Sir, what must I do to be saved? And they said to him, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved and your household. And if the household believes, they'll get saved too. Uh, you know, his family. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all that were in his house. Took them out same that night, washed their stripes. Immediately he, he and his family were baptized. And when he brought them into his house, set food before them. And he rejoiced, having believed in God with all of his household. Do you know who this uh, prisoner, I'm sorry, this uh, uh, jailer, this jailer. Do you know what happened to him? He got saved, but you, uh, yes, he did. Do you know what else happened to him? He became a pastor. He was the pastor of the church in Philippi, that great church that helped Paul on, on so many of his missionary journeys. Can you imagine that? See, Paul was interested in souls, no matter where he went. Here he's in prison, and this prison guard, I believe, that, I believe so many of the prisoners got saved, but the, the, prison, the, prison, uh, uh, the prison guard got saved and uh, became a what? Became a pastor. He got saved and became a pastor. He got saved and became a pastor. The pastor in Philippi. And Paul wrote the book of Philippians. Remember that? And uh, that was the only church that communicated with him in, in, in giving and receiving there for so long. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? My, my, my. Um, um, go to Philemon. Philemon 1 verse uh, 10. There's only one, there's only one uh, chapter there. Go to Philemon 1 10, if you would. And uh, Paul was in prison again. Now, we just read about him being in prison in Philippi. But now at this time he's in prison in Rome. Sometime, uh, this is a different time. And he was in prison in Rome. Philemon, only one chapter, verse 10. I'll read this in the New Living Translation. It's interesting, Paul in Rome, he, he's writing uh, here to uh, uh, Philemon, who was a, he, he, he was a, a very rich Christian in, uh, in, in Colossae. And uh, he had a, he had many slaves, and, and how many of you know God's against slavery? How many of you know he is? Yeah. But you know what? In the midst of that, if we all walk in love, things would be better. And much I could say about it, but God's not for slavery. He's against it. 
But, uh, and, and there's much in the Bible that's telling that slave owners ought to, ought to treat their slaves with love and the slaves ought to, ought to treat their masters with love. And, but how many of you know God's against slavery? Say amen. But I'm just telling you what happened here. And, and, and this man Onesimus was a slave. And he had apparently stolen some money from Philemon and, and he ran off and he, he was in prison in Rome. And guess who he was in prison with? Anybody know? The Apostle Paul. I wonder what the Apostle Paul... You get around the Apostle Paul, you're going to hear the gospel. And guess what happened? In, in, in verse 10 here, Paul's writing, he says, I appeal to you. Now he's writing to Philemon, the slave owner here of Onesimus. He says, I appeal to you to show kindness to my child, Onesimus. Now, Onesimus wasn't Paul's natural child, but he was his child in the faith. And notice he said, I became his father in the faith. Where? Where? What did Paul do when he was in prison? He got people saved. This speaks volumes to me. Because you see, many times we talk about Philippi here and how the earthquake took place and all of that. You know, we just read it. But, but here is another instance where you see Paul, he's in prison and he got Onesimus. He, he got him saved. Is that something? Anywhere he, everywhere he went, this man was about winning souls. Now, Paul not only was in prison a lot, but did you know he also stood before kings and, and political figures? And uh, guess what he was doing when he stood before kings and political figures? Guess what he did? Yeah, but we can't preach to those people because they're political figures. No, we need to preach to everybody, right? Tell them about Jesus. It didn't matter where Paul was. If he was in, if he was in prison or if he was in, in before, before kings and, and, and he preached the gospel. Notice Acts 24. Let's go there. This is another time. Acts 24, 24. And I'm going to read this in the King James Version. Because Paul now is, is standing before Felix, who is a Roman governor, and his wife Drusilla. How many is glad they're not named Drusilla? That was one, I think, wasn't that one of uh, Cinderella's stepsister's name? Huh? <laughs> but none, nonetheless, this Drusilla and Felix were wicked people. And very unscrupulous, much we could say, won't get into all that. But Paul is before him, notice in Acts 24, 24, after certain days when Felix came with his wife Drusilla, which was a Jewess, uh, she, she was a Jew, sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. Did Paul preach Jesus to him? And as we're talking about the portrait of a soul winner, you preach Jesus everywhere you go. And as he reasoned, now notice, he reasoned of righteousness, temperance. Now notice temperance. I studied into that a little bit. Righteousness, you know, the righteousness, we're righteousness of God in Christ when we receive Jesus, you know. Temperance has to do with self-control. Self-control, purity of life, controlling of passions. Felix and Drusilla 
were, were wicked people. Wicked, wicked, wicked. And Paul preached to them. Paul, let me say this to you about Paul. He was sensitive to the Spirit of God. He was sensitive to the Spirit of God. He, now you better listen to this real close. It'll make you a more effective soul winner. He was sensitive to the Spirit of God. He knew what to say and when to say it. And who to say it to and who not to say it to. Did you hear me? Paul, being sensitive to the Spirit of God, and we'll see more about this in just a moment, but here, I believe by the Spirit of God, he knew what these people needed to hear. They, we all need to hear about righteousness through faith in Christ. But then he talked to them about temperance, about self-control, about purity of life and controlling their passions. And then he talked to them about the judgment to come. Did you know there are some people, so many people, you can get them saved without mentioning hell at all. Did you know that? How many knows that? You can, you can preach, you can preach the, the, uh, you can preach the love of God and the goodness of God and that'll bring people to repentance. Many times you don't even have to mention hell. But there are sometimes you do. You need to be sensitive. And these people needed to hear about the judgment to come. And guess what Paul preached to them about the judgment to come. Held hell up in front of them. And notice what happened to Felix. What did he do? Now, do you see that in verse 25? What did he do? He what? He trembled. See, Paul preached to him the, the gospel, but he told him what he needed, what this man needed to hear. And Felix trembled. Actually, fear fell on him. He became terrified and trembling. I also believe he fell under the convicting power of the Holy Ghost. Trembling, fear fell on him. And, and notice what he answered, Paul. Did he say, what must I do to be saved? How could I get saved? No, he said, go thy way. For this time, when I have a more convenient season, I'll call for thee. Which is what so many people do. But do you think that stopped Paul in preaching to people? How many of you know when you get the door slammed in your face, what, what do you do? You pray for those people and go to the next door. Is that right? Maybe it won't get slammed in your face. You know what I mean? One person rejects you, rejects you. They're really not rejecting you. They're rejecting the Lord Jesus. So what do you do? You just pray for them and go to the, go to the next one. And that's being nice. Jesus said, shake the dust off your feet and go to the next one. Did you hear what, did you hear what Jesus said? Just go on. Interesting, isn't it? Uh, now, as it goes on, go to Acts 26. You're in Acts 24. Just flip over a couple of chapters. We'll go to the New King James on this one. In the process of time now, uh, uh, and more we could say about Felix, but let's move to Festus here. He took over for Felix. And in the process of time now, this next governor, oh, and by the way, we don't have any record that Drusilla got saved either, do we? But Paul preached to her. She just loved people and preached to them. Did you hear me? You just love people and preach to them. And when somebody receives, you rejoice. If somebody rejects, you just love them and pray for them. And 
move on to the next person. Right? Is that right? Just love people. How many, how many of you know we need to be people of love, don't we? And compassion. But now, in the process of time, they bring in uh, Festus. He was, a, he was an unscrupulous person. And King, King Agrippa and his, his sister, Bernice... And apparently they were they had some kind of an incestuous relationship going. And Bernice was the sister of Drusilla, and she was as wicked as uh, as one was a wicked witch of the east, the other wicked witch of the west. They were just but, but you know Paul he preached the gospel to the wicked witch. Is that right? How many of you know if anybody needs to hear it, it's a wicked witch, right? Would Jesus save the wicked witch? Yes or no? Well, sure. But anyway, he's up in front of these people. And, and it's interesting, if you read verse 19, Therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Now, if you read up before this, you'd see that Paul recounted the vision that he had of Jesus on the road to Damascus. It's interesting that Paul did not share the vision with Felix. But he did share the, the vision that he had with Agrippa. You see, Paul was sensitive to the Spirit of God. Uh, have you ever shared something with somebody and they just sat there and looked at you? Just much like you look at me off times, they just sit there and look at you. But then you'll share something with somebody else and they, whoa, wow, whoa, yeah, wow. How many knows what I'm talking about? So you need to be sensitive. See, uh, uh, there's a reason I think Paul didn't share that vision with Felix. It wouldn't have meant anything to him. Wouldn't have meant anything to Drusilla. So he talked to them about righteousness, temperance, and judgment. So you've got to be sensitive if you're going to be an effective soul winner. But now King Agrippa needed to hear that vision for some reason. And Paul shared it. He shared it, I think, about two or three times. And, and, and so he shared that. He said, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. But declared first, now notice verse 20, but declared first to those in Damascus. Where did, where did Paul get saved? He got saved on the road to... Damascus, and where did he first declare the gospel? It says right here in verse 20, but declared first, where? To those in, didn't I tell you that he became a soul winner immediately? And in Jerusalem, and throughout all the region of Judea, and then to the Gentiles, that they should what? That they should repent, turn to God, and do works befitting repentance. For these reasons, the Jews seized me in the temple and tried to kill me. Therefore, having obtained help from God, to this day I stand witnessing both to, to who? It didn't matter who you were. It didn't matter who you were. The gospel's for everybody. Saying no other things than those things which the prophets and Moses said would come. That the Christ would suffer, that he would be the first to rise from the dead, and would proclaim light to the Jewish people and to the Gentiles. Now, as he, he thus made his defense, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, you're beside yourself. Much learning is driving you mad or you're crazy. Have you ever shared Jesus with anybody and they thought you were crazy? Well, you're in good company. That's what happened to Paul. He shared that holy heavenly vision, shared it. Festus thought he was crazy. But notice verse 25 But he said, I'm not matter, I'm not crazy, most notable Festus, but speak the words of truth and reason. For the the king, before whom I also speak freely, see, Paul was after all of them. He was after 
Bernice. He was after Agrippa. He was after Festus. Festus thought he was crazy. But notice what happens here. For the king before whom I also speak freely knows these things. For I'm convinced that none of these things escapes his attention since this thing was not done in a corner. What thing? Well, you know, Jesus dying on the cross. You know, that was very public what happened. And, and apparently Agrippa was aware of that and the, and the different things that had happened to in Jesus' ministry and to Paul. And notice Paul is, we can learn some things here, he's after Agrippa trying to get him saved. And then he says, King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know that you do believe. Then Agrippa said to Paul, you almost persuade me to become a Christian. Think about that. Now, there's different renderings on this. Some versions say, uh, uh, Paul, are you trying to make me a Christian? But actually, as I've studied into it, that vision that Paul shared and, 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 and the things that Paul had to say and the background that, that Agrippa had, Paul was trying to get him saved. And, 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 and Agrippa said, you almost persuade me to become a Christian. Paul went after everybody. There's just one problem with what Agrippa said. You, that next word is, that's sad, isn't it? Almost won't get, almost isn't there, is it? Some renderings render it this way, uh, that Agrippa said, are you trying to make me a Christian? There's different, different scholars have different, how the Greek reads out here, but, but, what was Paul trying to do? That's for sure. He was trying to get this guy saved. And he almost did. But almost isn't good enough, is it? And then Paul said, look what he said, I would to God that not only you, but also all who hear me today might become both almost and what? Altogether such as I am, what does that say? Paul was a saved man, except for what? The chains. Right? That's what he wanted. To get people saved. Most important thing, isn't it? So whether he was in prison or in the palace, didn't matter. He's telling people about Jesus. I remember, I'll begin to close this now. But in Athens, when he went to Athens, he came in, Paul came into the city. And before he ever got fully into the city, he began to look around. And I, we could go read it. It's in the book of Acts. But he looked for ways to, uh, uh, and different things. He looked for things familiar to the people so that once he got among them, he could win them to Jesus. Um. You know, that's what we need to do. We need to be sensitive to the Spirit. We need to seek God. And then we need to find things that, like, for example, if you have a friend, a family member that maybe they like baseball, strike up a conversation about baseball and then work Jesus into it and see if you can get them saved. You see what I'm saying? Maybe they like to fish. Well, strike up a conversation about fishing, you know, and then and work Jesus in there. You could work Jesus in anything. Did you know that? One of the worst things you can do is just go in and start preaching to somebody. Just, just blurt it right out. Just, you know what I'm saying? Some, I mean, sometimes you can if the Lord directs you to. But most of the time you need to you know, 
look for avenues to things that 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 can get people's attention and 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 they they can become comfortable with you. And that's what Paul did in Athens. He looked for ways to relate to the people, and then when he got among them, he preached Jesus to them. You see. And you know what happened in Athens? We could go read it, but I'll just you could look it up if you want. Some of them mocked, but others believed and joined Paul's company. So when you preach Jesus to people, re, just realize this. Some people are going to make fun of you and they're going to reject you. They rejected Jesus, didn't they? But some people are going to believe. And let, let, let's look up the last scripture here. 1 Corinthians 9.19. 1 Corinthians 9.19. We'll read these few verses in the New Living Translation. Paul writes here, he says, Even though I am a free man with no master, then he wasn't, he wasn't a slave. Back there they had slaves, you know, and we talked about that earlier, and it's, it's not good, it's not right, but that's the way it was. He said, I become a slave. He said, though I have no master. Now, you know Jesus was his master, but he's talking about here on the earth. He said, I become a slave to all people to bring why? To, why did he become a servant or a slave to all people? To do what? To bring many to Christ. When I was with the Jews, I lived like a Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. When I was with those who followed the Jewish law, I too lived under the law, even though I'm not subject to the law. I did this so I could bring to Christ those who are under the law. What was he wanting to do? Bring everybody he could to Christ, to Jesus. When I'm with the Gentiles who do not follow the Jewish law, I too live apart from that law so I can bring them to Christ. But I do not ignore the law of God. I obey the law of Christ. When I am with those who are weak, I share their weaknesses, for I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find, now watch this, I try to find what? Try to find what? Common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news, that's the gospel, and share in its blessings. That's the portrait of a soul winner. And we ought to try to be as much like him as we can. Now I have some final thoughts here that I want you to listen to. And some of them we've touched on already. But I, did I already talk to you about being a net fisherman, didn't I? Okay. Are we all net fishermen? No, but we all should be pole fishermen. Okay. Maybe you are a net fisherman. but pole, So we talked about that. Be a pole fisherman, if nothing else. And then I have here, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit when telling people about Jesus. We've talked about that. Now listen to this. It's not, oh, this is good. It's not, should I go tell people about the Lord, but who should I go to? Well, that's, that's, that's a genius thing right there. It's not, should I go, but who should I go to? Well, certainly we're to go into all the world and preach. But did you know that you're not the perfect laborer for everybody? You know what I mean by that? A lot of people don't know what I you're not the one that you're not the one that's going to bring certain people to Christ. You know, uh, uh, Paul said, I planted this other minister Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Y you might be a planter. You might be the one to first tell somebody about Jesus and they might not receive Jesus. You might not pray the prayer with them to lead them to Jesus. But you 
plant the initial seeds and then maybe other people come along over the years and water it here and there. And then eventually, maybe, maybe five years after you told somebody about the Lord, you thought they was never going to get saved, but you kept praying anyway. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, they'll come. This happened to me with a certain person. I, I told this person about the Lord and, and witnessed to him and nothing, 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 just, just like stone, cold stone. A couple of people this has happened with. And uh, I thought, oh, well, I don't know if they're ever going to get saved. You keep praying for them anyway. And then in, in a couple of occasions, they, well, I, this person talked to me about the Lord and I just received Jesus. And I was thinking, why didn't they accept Jesus when I told them about Jesus? Well, I was the planter. Somebody else was the waterer. But then eventually somebody came and their heart, see, their heart was getting ready. Say this, say their heart was getting ready. So get ready, see. And then, and then somebody comes along in due season, shares Jesus, they get saved. But what if we hadn't have done the planting and the watering, you see? See what I'm saying? So be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. It's not so much, should I go, but who should I go to? It's like these tracks. Should we all put them out? Yes. But you know, God might want you not to actually hand us to somebody. He might just want you to leave it laying on the table for a, for a waitress, you know. Or leave it laying here, laying there, whatever the case, you know. Or in other cases, he might want you to give it, give it to him, you see. He may just want you to talk to him about the Lord. Can you say amen? Did you know that God forbid the Apostle Paul to go certain places? But that at a later time, in some of those places, God led him to go? And people have asked me, well, why would God forbid Paul to go preach the gospel in a certain place? Well, it's perhaps because those people weren't ready to hear at that time. It's perhaps at that time if Paul had went there, they were so hardened of heart they'd have killed him. But yet at another time, maybe God sent Paul or some other minister that way. How many of you know God wants everybody to be saved? But you could read it in the Bible. There are several occasions where God forbid the Apostle Paul to go to certain places. But at other times, he allowed him to go. So, you know, we, Jesus said, go into all the world. What I do is I, we ought to be green light Christians, just on the go all the time. And, and if God doesn't want us to go somewhere, he'll put the red light up there. Is that right? Can you say amen to that? You know what I mean? That oh, That's how he does the red light, just on the inside. Do you hear me? But if there's no red light, just be on the green, go on, be on the go. And uh, I want to be sure I get all this in. Oh, yeah, and then realize you can be a soul winner without ever saying a word. Did you hear me? The Bible's clear on that. Some people win souls and never say a word. They just live a joyful, graceful, tactful walk of love before people. That's how my wife got saved. She, she, was, she was a mess in high school. She'll tell you. She's a mess. And she sat down with some girls at the table or whatever. And they had a joy about them. And she said to them, she said, why are you so happy all the time? Why do you have so much joy? And then they told, told my wife about Jesus and she got saved. They won her essentially. My wife essentially got won to the Lord without anybody saying a word. It was just they were... Uh, happy around her and she she was so sad and miserable and, and 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 she never had any joy and she said why are you so happy we could be soul winners without saying a word but when people do ask us the bible says we need to be ever ready to give an answer of why we have the joy of the lord in our heart is that right and then last week how many does anybody remember what i preached on last week salt season with salt okay and did you know i i said there's several different things that salt does 
you know, and salt, is, it, it, it can be a, a, a de-melt ice and all of that. But you know, one thing I missed was this. Salt is used to make people thirsty. That right? I, 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 I remember I was teaching junior high years ago and these kids didn't want to learn. They, didn't, they weren't interested in math. And so I said, I said to my colleague, I said, I said to fellow teacher, I said, well, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. How many has ever heard that besides me? Okay, and, and I said, well, you lead a horse to water, can't make him drink. She said something that stuck with me to this hour. She said, yeah, but you, the, you know what you have to do? You have to make them thirsty. We as Christians are going to run across a lot of people out there that we can make them thirsty for Jesus just by being happy around them. Just by putting a smile on your face. You know, I, I tell you what, it's, it, it, so many Christians I see... Why would anybody want what you have? Right? I'm not saying you. I'm just saying through the world as I've lived over the last 53 years. So many Christians. They're always talking about their problems. Always got this going. Always got that going. Always down in the dumps. Always this. Always that. Why would anybody want that? But if we've got joy about us and, and the, the joy of the Lord which is our strength. And there's, we've got to skip in our step and a glide in our stride. No matter what the circumstances and we're in prison at midnight and we're singing hymns and praying. People or even prisoners are going to want what we have. Is that right? I heard the Holy Ghost say about 20 minutes ago. He wanted me to say it then. I disobeyed him. I'm sorry. But I need to obey him now. Uh. There's some people in this room listening by, by, by internet that if you would put soul winning at the top of your priority list, the problems you have, physical ailments you have, and other problems you continually encounter in your life would gradually fade away as you put souls at the top of your priority list. And that hitch went away, just as I said it. Did you catch that? Did you see that? The Holy Ghost wanted me to do that in tongues and interpretation. I didn't obey Him. And about just a minute or two after that, there was a hitch in my back. I could hardly stand up here. And then once I obeyed Him, now that's gone. Now I don't know how that works. I can't explain it. But we need to obey God. Almost like I was going to have to quit my sermon. We need to obey the Holy Ghost. Amen? Say, why didn't you obey him back there then 20 minutes ago? I don't know how come you didn't obey him yesterday. I'll answer the question when you answer it. Can we win people without a word? Yeah. And then the last thing, see sinners, not as they are, but as they can be in Christ. See sinners, not as they are, but as what they can be in Christ. Don't write anyone off. Many would have written Saul of Tarsus off. Right? Whoever would have thought that man that killed Christians would be the number one soul winner. I want to say that again. If we put... It's strong on me to say this. There's some folks in here, in this room and listening on the internet... You, you struggle with things physically in your body and other things, in your finances, just things that have been a continual struggle. 
If you'd make just this adjustment and put soul winning at the top of your list, you don't have to be a net fisherman, be a pole fisherman, and make winning souls your top priority, you'd see that in the process of time, just, just by making that one adjustment, that, that these things that have troubled you, they'd begin to ease up and begin to dissipate. Soul winning is the most important thing. Hey, did you get anything out of this? This is not to put condemnation on anybody, but that's what a good pastor does. I like to think I'm a good pastor is tell people, hey, this is what God wants done and we need to do it. Amen? Amen? Hey, stand with me if you would. You're good people, wonderful people. Praise God. Just bow your heads. Just put your hand, I don't know, just put your hand over your heart. Put your hand over your heart. You feel your heart beating. That's the heartbeat of the Lord Jesus. Souls, 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 souls. 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 He loves people. He doesn't write anybody off. Even Drusilla and Bernice and the wicked witch of the West and the East. He don't write nobody off. He loves people and we should too. So Heavenly Father, Just pray this after. Say, Heavenly Father, I commit to you today to be more fervent in winning souls. I'll do my best to share Jesus with everyone I come in contact with. Lead me and guide me when to speak, when not to speak, where to put my tracks. Who to give them to? Lead and guide me. And help me to be a better soul winner for you. And it's for your honor and your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now with your heads bowed, eyes closed, if you're here today and you've never received Jesus, you can do that right before you leave. All you've got to do is walk up here to the front when we dismiss. Tell these people up here you want to receive Jesus. and Well, I tell you what, He'll come right into your heart. And otherwise, if you need just somebody to pray with, somebody to talk to, or whatever the case, that's why these nice people are up here. So if you need prayer for anything, come up, make your way up here when we dismiss, and they'll pray with you. Hey, I love you all. You're good people. Go out, have a great week, and tell somebody about Jesus this week. Amen? You're dismissed.